Uh, good morning. I'm going to work from here. These are just kind of collected thoughts uh, of a busy man who uh, needed to say something. I was asked to speak, and thank you for asking me. Um, both James and Sharon were very encouraging. They said, thank you for speaking at chapel. There won't be many people there. <laughs> and I really appreciated that, that, uh, that encouragement. I, I get it, and that's fine. Just want you to just pause where you are. And I want you to notice five things you've never noticed before. We're doing that right now. Five things you've never noticed before, go. They could be things you see, smell, touch, experience, feel. Anybody want to share something they came up with? Just yell at me. Holy Spirit's here, even if there's less of us here. Holy Spirit's here. That's a good thing. I need that. You people didn't do your assignment, and I was standing right here. <laughs> was it difficult to imagine something you hadn't noticed before? Did you try? I hate, hate, and hate's not too strong a word, I hate, I think you know where I'm going with this, I hate Ikea. I don't want to go there, it's too busy, it's not a pretty place to be, there's crowds of people, they even put arrows in the floor so they don't lose people, have you ever noticed that? And that is not a, not a fun thing at all. And people are all over the place collecting things, especially that lower level, this one down here, you know, where there's all the uh, kitchenware and all those kinds of things, and there's bins of flurgs and whatever, and the, and the people are collecting those and running around grabbing them. And um, I, was, I was there uh, three or four weeks ago, and I bought something, and I was standing in line to check out, and the lady, two people ahead of me, had bought like two carts full of glassware, cups, plates, and everything. They all had to be scanned and wrapped in paper and put into another cart. And about, as I'm going along, I'm thinking, I'm gonna go to another line. But no, I've paused too long. I'm gonna go to another line and should be going through. So I, you know, I made that, that executive decision to stay here and it was a bad decision to make. I hated it. And then on the way out, have you ever had those hot dogs they sell? Like, are they real? I don't know, but anyway, they, they, um, they seem pretty disgusting. But anyway, while I was standing in line to get some, I uh, listened to the guy ahead of me, and he said to the guy behind the counter, what's, what's in the hot dogs? And the guy said, well, a combination of beef and pork. And the guy said, I'll have a slice of pizza. So I think that's a bad sign when, when that's where you're at. Sometimes I wonder if our lives are like living in Ikea. I wonder if we kind of rush along with the crowd. I wonder if we're busy going and getting and doing and we feel like a pioneer because we can build our own furniture. But I wonder if we sometimes get caught up in all the, the madness of consumerism and rushing and busyness because that's the way it's supposed to be, isn't it? 
That's kind of my life right now. I, I'm, I recently sold my house, and we're moving into town, so there's the house there, there's the rent here, and finding a, a new place to go, and moving, and there's some other things going on, and it's busy, and there are times when I just think, I, I can't keep up. But this is a life that I've you know, chosen, and yet it's the one that's been handed to me as well. That day in Ikea, as I was getting through the cash, I looked over, and there was this short little bench, and there was a family of four sitting on that little bench, all really squeezed in, and they each had an ice cream cone. And in the middle of the madness of Ikea checkout, there were four people enjoying life and togetherness in a moment. And I thought, ah, that is a beautiful thing to see. Maybe we have to make our own peace in the middle of a a world that's crazy. In the scripture that was uh, read to you earlier, God has taken and created a man and given him life. He drops him into a garden. He irrigates it naturally. And there's birds and butterflies and rainbows and unicorns and puppy dogs or whatever. But it's a beautiful place to be. And the trees are pleasing to the eye. And the trees produce fruit that is good to eat. And in the middle of all of this, God says, you're responsible for this garden. Isn't it fantastic? And I can imagine Adam thinks it's wonderful. And, and to cap everything off, God gives him an intimate companion to spend life with. And the two of them are there in idyllic circumstances like we can't even imagine. And life is perfect and it's good. And along comes the serpent and he begins to talk. The serpent doesn't say, how come there's one tree you can't eat from? He actually reconfigures that question into, "Uh, I heard that you can't eat any of these trees. And Eve says, oh yeah, yeah, we can eat most of them. But he plants a seed in her mind that maybe I don't have total control here. Maybe I need to get total control. So in this perfect setting, the temptation is to chase after something else, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Knowledge and control, to be like God. We don't think we're trying to be like God. But we scramble so much, we really do want all that kind of power. Instead of embracing creation, we see that one big huge thing that we still want, and so, so we go after that. We live in a distracted culture. Is that fair to say? We live in a distracted culture. Uh, I have somebody who I know very well who is not here, but when you talk to this person and you're talking and you have eye contact, at some point you realize his eyes are glassed over and he's looking past and he's thinking about something else. Have you ever had that happen to you? That's really annoying. And it's kind of like, hey, I'm here still, you know. Distracted in the middle of a conversation. To be distracted by many things is bad for your brain. Did you know that? We're not naturally multitaskers as human beings. Did you know that? Did you know that women are better multitasking than men are, but you're not much better, so don't get uptight about it, okay? (laughs) Men are more kind of like, go from here to there. Women kind of have to have a conversation about going from here to there, in their brains, I mean. I I had something happen to me on the weekend that's a little bit embarrassing, but I like to share embarrassing things. Um, 
My daughter worked in the afternoon Saturday, and, and I, uh, uh, when she came home, I said, I just want to run to the mall, and uh, there's something I want to get to the mall before it closes. So I ran out in a hurry, but I threw on a clean shirt, and out the door I went. And as I was going out my front driveway, I looked over, and a couple of houses down, standing on the sidewalk, was a person looking at me. And I did the guy thing and said, hey. And he didn't acknowledge me. So I got in the car and I looked over again. And I th- he was still looking at me. And I, I thought, you know, like I'm funny looking, right? But I'm not stare worthy, I don't think. And I just thought, what is going on here? And then I looked at how he was dressed. He had sandals, a winter coat with a hood up, and these really big baggy navy blue sleep pants with big orange flowers on them. And I thought, you're staring at me? Like, this is bad, you know? And anyway, I pulled out, no big deal. Went to the mall, parked at the outer edge of the mall, started walking in, it was a little bit cold, so I went to zip my jacket up, and what I found was, in my hurry to get to the mall, I had buttoned up only the top buttons of my shirt, and that left like a nice big V in the bottom of the shirt. And I'm pretty sure that's what he was staring at. I'm not sure, but I think that's probably what it was. So preoccupied with getting and going, I couldn't even put my shirt on. Okay, that's silly. Yeah, you're not very bright, Brian. But how many times are we just trying so hard to get over there and to get that and get all these things done that we miss right here? That's what I want to say to you this morning. Do you know that dogs have no sense of the past or future? They only live in the present. Isn't that amazing? Wouldn't that be cool? Our brain brain is wired to be anticipatory. It's 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 wired to be social. When your smartphone vibrates or a notification goes off, you're conditioned that when that happens, somebody's interested in talking to you. And so the more that you have uh, those vibrations and those notifications and those alarms coming to you, the more it validates you. And you get a little shot of dopamine and that causes you to crave even more of your smartphone. That's how smartphone addicts are created, people. That's how it happens. Smartphones are a good example of getting lost in busyness and missing what's right here. I, I... I think that the, the um, library staff don't think too much of me because every time I walk past, I'm looking at my phone and I rarely have time to say hello to them. So I kind of try to wave to them now because, because they're needy and they, they want me to uh, acknowledge them. But it's true. I, every time I walk by, I'm looking at something. God asks us to be present now. Today, if you hear his voice, Today is the day of salvation. He describes himself as I am. Always in the present. There's nothing wrong with planning, exploring, looking ahead. I'm not saying that. Please don't think that I am. We get so caught up in the busyness of accumulating everything we can that we miss the creation that we're in the middle of. At weddings, we always, or we often quote or read 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient, love is kind. We forget that that was written in a highly contentious 
church, a church of religious people who were fighting over what spiritual gifts were important. Imagine that, Christian people fighting over something religious. And here they are wondering what's more important and Paul comes along and says, love is most important. Without that, it's all worthless. But I love those words, love is patient. Love is kind in the, in the present sense. Because if we don't love now, we can't love imagine, in an imaginary way in the future. We have to love now and make it work. What would it like to live a life in the now? What would it, always, what would it be like to always be experiencing now? First of all, we'd live in love, and we'd find a way to apply that, as I just said. Maybe we'd do fewer things and go to fewer programs and make more time for ourselves. Maybe we'd do that. I went for a hike a couple weeks ago along the Seton Trail, and there's a beautiful river, and it has that beautiful sound of water rushing over rocks. And there was this family of about six people, and you could hear them coming for you know, a kilometer away. They're all loud talkers. And they came by, and they stopped and looked at it and talked about how beautiful the river was, and they kept going, and they drowned out my experience. But I just thought, isn't that interesting? You know, experiencing nature, fantastic for them. They didn't hear that river. That's a fantastic sound. They missed it. If we lived in the present, we might enjoy today's weather instead of trying to look at the weather forecast for the weekend. Like, you ever think about that? We have to know what the weather's like as if we can do anything about it. If we lived in the now, maybe Monday to Thursday would be quite enjoyable and they would feel much like Friday does. Maybe if we lived in the now, the cashier would become a person instead of an adding machine for our groceries. Maybe our children would know us. Maybe we'd enjoy their noise and their joy more. If we lived in the now, maybe we'd have a few more friends, but we'd have a lot more acquaintances. If we lived in the now, maybe we'd eat slower. Maybe we'd be, uh, and be more thankful. If we lived in the now, maybe we would see good and experience fewer annoying distractions. I commute, there's a lot of annoying distractions. If we lived in the now, maybe our conversations with God would be more sentences and paragraphs rather than something mechanical. I had an experience Sunday. We've been recording Saturday Night Live every, every weekend because of the political uh, satire. And the musical guest on Saturday Night Live this past week was Lady Gaga. And um, she has an amazing voice. And I sat there listening to her. And I, I just thought, she's a person, not an image. As much as she might try to be an image. And I felt something inside of me say, we should pray for Lady Gaga. And I could have said, oh, that's a good theory. But I actually kind of said, oh, I'm preparing for Wednesday and it's about now, so I better pray now. I prayed for Lady Gaga, you know, 20 hours later. Maybe we do things like that where it really matters in the real world right now 
if we could live in the now. So to live in the now, there's some things that we might have to do. We might have to, to learn to gracefully say no. Sometimes you say yes because you feel obligated to or because you're a nice person. And guess what? Sometimes you need to say no nicely. I don't know if that's a problem for you. But we sometimes need to say, I need to live my life. And I need to live it in the now. If, um, if we took more mini Sabbaths, I was thinking about this. Uh, Scott and I, when we do ergonomics, we'll say to people, you need to get up every half hour or so and give your eyes a, a break and give your body a break. Do you know that if you get up every half hour or every 20, 25 minutes from your computer, you'll actually be more productive because when you sit back down, you'll have uh, more energy? Take a mini Sabbath of 30 seconds and you'll be more productive and you'll feel better. Maybe we should leave the phone in the other room. This is really hard for me, talking about smartphones. Maybe, you know, just or, or, you know, have that period of time when it, doesn't, when it doesn't activate or turn it off. I don't know. Maybe we should do that. I don't know. I don't want to speak for you in your life, but I do know that we become possessed by those things. Turn off your TV. Turn off your computer. Have someone you trust point out when you're too busy or too negative. How about more apologies and more I care to people? Um, I don't have my glasses on. Is Andy Smith here? No, I was going to say we need to be more like Andy Smith. Have a hammock handy so we can hang it up and have a break every once in a while. Do you like to read or bike or paint or garden? You should do those things and do them more. We need to build margins into our lives so that we don't rush from here to bit there and have to be there in 30 seconds. We have to make that work. We have to learn to see that person in front of us who we're talking to and give them our attention. We need to learn to pray for real things as they come to us and not sort of go through that litany of things that we think we should be praying about. Those are all things that... that I think could help us. Uh, St. Ignatius, of course, um, you know, provided us a, an example of um, a prayer of examine, and I don't specifically do that, but one of the things I've started doing is praying at night, reflecting on my day, and just saying, Lord, bless that. Lord, bless that. And letting things come to me. And it's, it's really a, not a stressful way to pray at night, and those things will come to me as needed. The Eucharist, table, bread, wine, there's nothing more present and more now than when we bow before God with those things. So Adam and Eve, how's that working for you, all that knowledge? Um, I guess they could say, yeah, we, uh, we learned a lot of things, but we didn't want to be there. A few years ago, um, quite a few years ago, uh, my wife, I would drop her off where she worked, and she had about a, a walk of about 100 feet or so up to the, um, to the office where she went in. And I would drop her off, and I would always watch her go in to work. And she'd turn after she got to the door and wave, and she, she asked me finally one day, she said, why do you sit there and watch? And I said, honestly, I never know the last time. 
I'm going to see you. I just want to see you. She, she would get up on a Saturday morning and her hair would be like this, you know, and she'd be on, and I'd, and I'd look at her and she'd say, what are you looking at? And I'd say, you're beautiful. And she'd say, you know, she'd give me the evil eye like I was nuts. I'd say, no, you are. You know, I just want, I enjoy looking at you. We had the kind of marriage where it was all good all the time. And we lived in the present. So when the time came to say goodbye, there wasn't a lot to say because we had lived in the present. It had all been said. It was all okay. Someday, you'll have your last day at Tyndale. Uh, That makes some of you happy, I understand. But it doesn't really, does it? Someday it'll be the last day. It might be voluntary, it might be retirement. Someday you'll see some of these people for the last time. It will happen. There will be a last time that you'll see each of us. There'll be a last time that you'll see someone in your life who you love. There will be a last time. Live in the present so that that last time can be healthy. So that you enjoy every waking moment of life that God has given you in his creation, in this place of work, in your life, in your church, in your home. Dallas Willard said, the will of God is always the next right thing to do. I think that speaks to whatever's in front of us. Embrace that. Let's bow and pray. Father, we're not very good at appreciating you. We're not very good at appreciating this moment, the people who are close to us, the people who we meet, who we spend time with regularly. We're not good at enjoying your creation or breathing fresh air. So I ask you to help us. Help us to find time and energy for you, for what matters, for what's good and right. And Father, as we've considered all these things, I know that some doesn't apply to us and other things that we really need to think about. What does it mean to be present with you and with others? Speak to our hearts, speak to our choices, and walk with us, I pray. In Jesus' name.